Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. Well, I haven't been up here for about the last three or four weeks, so Carrie and I have had an addition to our family. And so if you're the pastor, you get to show pictures. So it's one of the perks. So uh, this is Riley and Ian together. And uh, this is a big sister getting a new baby. This is the entire family with the new baby. And then I think we have a little video uh, that they sent to us of, of Ian. And there he is. And he gives you the stink eye there all of a sudden. So uh, that's, uh, that's our new addition. And so Carrie and I are really proud of that. Well, we've been on a series called Better Together, and I want to give you a verse. This is Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. And obviously, that's true. Uh, God looked at us men and said, you don't do so good by yourself. And it's okay to be single. Uh, obviously, we have a lot of single people in, in the church, and some of you are uh, going to stay single. Some of you are going to get married. Some of you have been married. Now you're single. But I, I brought some single quotes that I thought was really good, so I want to share those with you. Uh, I have a few standards, and wow, you meet none of them. My pillows are very comfortable. I have no fear that they will ever leave me. I enjoy romantic walks to the refrigerator. I identify with that. Sometimes I think maybe I should get out and meet people. Then I remember I really don't like to go out and I don't like people. (laughs) The only spooning I've done lately is with ice cream. And this is my Valentine's Day plan. Breakfast in bed, have chocolates, watch a movie, dinner for two, then regretting eating two dinners. People ask, why are you single? You're attractive, intelligent, creative, funny, and loving. My answer is always, I guess I'm overqualified. (laughs) Well, obviously, meaning single doesn't mean you've been alone. There's a lot of great uh, single people. I got thinking about this. Do you know that Superman was single? And Supergirl's single? And Batman's single? Wonder Woman's single? If you're single, you may be a superhero. I'm not really for sure. But uh, anyway, it kind of goes with the culture, doesn't it? Uh, God saw Adam. He realized it was not good for him to be alone. So then Eve comes into the picture. And for all of us here, whether it's a friendship relationship, whether it's a dating relationship, a a marriage relationship, there's always going to be difficulties in relationship. Every relationship is going to have difficulty. Every relationship takes work. Every relationship needs to grow. Now, Carrie and I, this lovely lady to my left, we've been married this year 46 years. We've been dating uh, before that. Yeah, give her a hand that she stuck it out for 46 years. We dated four years before uh, we got married, and it hasn't always been easy. We've had days and weeks and months that it hasn't been good. There's been good times and bad times in between times, and we all have those. And, and I believe we're closer today than we've ever been because we're growing in our relationship. And I believe that you can do that also. 
uh, when I first really realized who she was, we were in high school. She's standing by the locker. I go down the hallway. There's this beautiful young lady by the locker. And I always say the spirit of hubba hubba got all over me that day. And, and so the rest is history. And so when, when we got together, we began to grow together. And I believe I'm a better husband today and a better father, a better communicator, a better lover, and better at meeting her needs than I was when we got married. And I believe that's true for all of us. We can continue to get better. Age has nothing to do with that. And I've shared with you before that a lot of things that we do that's uh, very um, you know, good for us, uh, I tell her almost every day, have I told you Lately, how beautiful you are and she always says no and then I'll tell her later that day have I told you how pretty you are and she always says no so that's one of the things that we do and then she says well you know I love you and I said well I love you more and so we, we go back and forth with that. And then the other day I said, well, you just show me how much you love me. Stretch your arms out. And of course, my arms are bigger than hers. And I said, so there you go. I, I love you more than you love me. In, in the mornings when I uh, leave the house, I always try to do certain things in the mornings. Carrie gets up really early, like 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning. She has to be at the hospital. You know, there's surgery scopes, checking people in, all the things that go on. So she gets there very early. And so I don't get up at 3.30 in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning. Usually around 7-ish I get up. And, and I have this routine that I go through. I make sure the you know, the, the floors are vacuumed, the beds are all made up, and, and the dishes are out of the sink, and the sink's clean, and everything's put in order. So when she gets back home, she doesn't have to do that. Now, guys, I'm not trying to put you on a guilt trip. We don't, we don't have any kids at home now, so it's a lot easier than it was years ago. So I have this routine that I do, so it will make it easier on her. And I try to be very respectful for that. Um, so when we, we tell each other, I love you, I love you more. So a week ago, she comes home and she has this little gift. And so there's two coffee cups that she gives. And one of them says, I love you. And the other coffee cup says, I love you more. So when she made me hot chocolate the other day, I said, make sure you get my coffee cup that says, I love you more. That's the one that I have. So those are some of the things that, that we do. Uh, we are better together, aren't we? And two is better than one. And so God created those things. I, I shared this quote with Carrie yesterday. This is by a very uh, spiritual person called Winnie the Pooh. And it says, if you live to be 100, I hope to live 100 minus one day, so I will never have to live without you. And so uh, even Winnie the Pooh is very romantic, isn't he? In relationships, I think there's some areas that we have to be on guard about because the enemy can slip in. How many of you know he's a sneaky devil? And our own flesh begins to sneak in. So I want to give you three things very quickly that I think would be advantageous to all of us. Number one, one of the things we have to really avoid is unresolved issues. Say that with me. Unresolved issues. Now let's all say it again. Unresolved issues. How many of you know every relationship is going to have some issues? 
whether it's a friend relationship, a business relationship, uh, a dating relationship, a marriage relationship, we're all going to have some issues. Now, this is what Paul wrote, Ephesians chapter 4, and he begins in verse 31, and he says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger, clamor, slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So it's very important that we interact together in a loving, kind, forgiving way. Now, this is a different translation. I want to read it. Let all bitterness, indignation, wrath, passion, rage, bad temper, resentment, anger, animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention, and slander, evil speaking, abusive relationships, uh, blasphemous language, be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, baseness of any kind, and become useful and helpful and kind to one another, tenderhearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. How many of you are glad that God forgave you? You didn't deserve it. You didn't do anything to earn it. But because of his love, his grace, and his mercy, God forgave every one of us when we asked. And that's the God that we serve. So when we're in relationship, then there's going to be issues. Now, the question is not if we will have issues. We're going to have them. But how do we handle those issues? What do we say when we have issues? And are we going to be willing to resolve those issues when we have them? A week ago last Thursday, we had um, some family over to the house. Matt and Natalie and the grandkids were coming down. Uh, We were having some other people over with us. And so it was the first time that some of the family had met uh, Ian for the first time. And so we were having them over at 5.30, 5.30. Carrie worked that day, I worked that day. So we're rushing around to get ready for about nine or 10 people to come to our house at 5.30. How many of you could be in a little bit of a fizz if you have family coming in and it's at 5.30 and you both work all day? As you're trying to get the food together, you get things together, get the house you know, ready for, for company. So I'm trying to help Carrie. She's a little nervous and stressed. I said, baby, we got this. I'm going to help you. And so I'm getting ready to get things to to put out on the table. And I said, do do I need to get the plastic cups out so we we can have this ready? She said, well, if we want something to drink, you should. Okay, Okay, I know you're holy. I'm not. That went all over me. And I'm just going to be honest with you, this went all over me. Well, if we want something to drink, I guess you should. And I turned to her and I said, yes, would have been fine. Let me preach to this people over here. I said, yes, would have been fine. So what I wanted to do is not let that get any bigger than that. So I just said, yes, would have been fine. Because this is what I know. Unresolved issues just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, I know this never happens to you, so this is why I'm using us. We're not the perfect couple. Uh, We have the best relationship I know of. It's getting better. But Ephesians 4.26 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath or your anger. Give no place to the devil. So this is what I observed in our relationship, and this is what I know about your relationship because it is very biblical, that you can be angry but not sin. When Jesus went into the temple and flipped tables over, he was angry. 
But Jesus did not sin. How many of you know he's the perfect sinless Savior? He had no sin. He's the perfect Lamb of God, without spot, without blemish. But you and I, we, we have some issues. We have this flesh thing. We have this sin nature. And sometimes it can rise up and we can get angry and sin. But you can be angry and not sin, but you can be angry and sin. Now, anger left unchecked creates an attitude. And it's very easy for friends, uh, daters, uh, married couples to get an attitude. How are you? I'm fine. How many of you know that's a code word for I'm not fine? So there can be this, this attitude that goes on. And the attitude turns into bitterness. And bitterness defiles. And not only defiles you, it defiles, according to Scripture, it defiles many. It, it can spread. It's like the coronavirus. It, it spreads. So you, you have an attitude. You have bitterness. and doesn't stay with you. It gets over there and over there and over there. So the Bible says to anger and sin not. And then it says that if we have that anger, then it turns into an attitude. It turns into bitterness. And that's why he said, don't let this go down past sundown. Okay. What did he say? He says, don't let the sun go down on your anger or your wrath. Why? The enemy works better in darkness, doesn't he? So when it's in darkness, this is what he begins to do. He begins to whisper in your ear. He begins to blow this up. He begins to take it, you know, exponential. He says, well, how dare they say that to you? How dare they look at that way to you? How, how, you know, what did they mean by that? This is what I think they meant. And it gets bigger and it gets bigger. And it's, listen, today I'm not asking you to shout me down or say hallelujah or turn around and dance. But, but would you listen? Because this is just where the rubber meets the road. This is just what happens for every relationship. I don't care how long you've been married or how spirit-filled you are or if you can spin like a whirling dervish. I'm going to tell you this is just life. And the Bible addresses this life that we're living. Because the enemy works better in darkness. But if we bring it out into the light, don't let the sun go down in your wrath, then, then you're not in the bed with both backs facing each other and say, don't touch me. You all never do that, do you? Or if someone touches you, you, they pull away and you're in bed. You, know, you, just, you stay on your side, you stay on your side and I'll be over here. And if we get it out in the light, it's just going to heal better. Every once in a while, I have a little trouble with some eczema or psoriasis on, on, in my hair. Uh, not much, but when I go to the dermatologist, this is what she said. If you shave your head and let it be in the sunlight, it'll all go away. <laughs> well, that's not my option, okay? I'm just telling you, for all of you uh, slick heads, you look wonderful. <laughs> but that's not where I'm going today. But that's what she said. If you shave your head, let it be in the sunlight, I'll go away. Okay, what's option two here? So if we get things out in the light, how many of you know it just gets better? And so if we hold it in and we stew on it, it just builds, it gets worse and worse and worse. So when we have these 
things that are unresolved issues, it's never good. So we have to resolve those. Here's the second thing. It's unrealistic expectations. Say that with me. Unrealistic expectations. If, if you're thinking that your mate is going to meet all of your needs, think again. I mean, just think again. You're, you're created in the image of God, your body, soul, and spirit. So there's three different aspects of who you are. We can meet physical needs. You know, there's our sexuality, there, there's our caressing, there's our compassion. All those things are very necessary. We, we need those. We want those. I, I want those things. So there are physical needs we can meet in one another's lives. And then there's the soul, the emotions. We want to feel those emotions. We want to feel that camaraderie. We want to feel things. And, and men feel things different than women feel things. So true. Listen, if you and your soulmate are just alike, you're weird. <laughs> and, and, and I come home sometimes and Carrie is in my recliner and she has a cup of coffee and she's kicked back and she's watching the Hallmark Channel. And I jump right in there and said, okay, what's happened? What have I missed? <laughs> no! I was listening to someone talk the other day and they talked about if you ever go to the bookstore and you see a man in the romantic section of the books, you say, step away, sir, please get out, step away. Don't get sucked in to that section of the books Be because we're just different, different needs. And when you say, let's go to the tractor pull, get you some earplugs and, and let's get a Slurpee and a hot dog and let's have a great date, honey. And she's probably saying, what? So it's okay to be different because we are different, we're created different, but yet we come together and we become one flesh. So don't think that you're going to meet all the needs of your mate. Uh, we can help meet the physical needs. We can do the emotional. But you know when you get to the spiritual needs, only God can meet those needs. You see, I can't save Carrie and Carrie can't save me. Jesus saves so I have some things in my life. I have this hole in my heart, this hole in my life that only God can fill. Carrie can't fill that. She can participate with me in that. We can pray together. We can come to church together. We can serve together. We can do a lot of things together, but she can't meet all of my needs. So if you think your mate's going to meet all of your needs, then you're on the wrong track because they cannot meet all of your needs. It's too much for one person to try to do that. And I remember the day that Carrie came to me and she said, Mike, I, 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 I've, I've quit trying to do some things uh, because I just don't think I can pull that off. You know, God's going to have to help you. And so, you know, what do you do? You say, okay, what, what's my issue? And obviously the other person knows. So there is sometimes unrealistic expectations and you can get caught in a loop here. And let me just share one that I know very, very well. Have you ever had someone say, we need to spend more time together? How many have ever heard somebody say that? Have you ever heard someone say, we need to earn more money? How many have ever heard that? Okay. Here's the loop. So while you're trying to spend more time with this person, you're not out there making the money you feel like you need. And while you're out there trying to make the money you feel like you need, then what are you not doing? You're not spending the time that you think you should be spending with your mate. Now, this is what happens. You get into a no-win situation. And you feel like, no, no matter what I do, I'm, I'm going to lose here. If 
I spend more time, I can't make the money. If I go out to make the money, I'm not spending more time. So, so what's the answer? You gotta find the balance. I have to find the balance. You gotta find the balance. How many know there's balance in life? Carrie taught me a 25 cent word, it's called homeostasis. You know, when your body's in balance, then life is good. When you get it out of balance, it's not good. So if you spend too much time making money, not enough time with the family, not good. But if you sit home with the family eating Cheetos and watching Oprah all day and not making any money, you know, not good. Find the balance. And sometimes it's hard to find because if you don't, you'll go on this huge guilt trip. I'm not doing anything very well. So sometimes there's unrealistic expectations. Here's the third thing. Unwillingness to change. Say that with me. Unwillingness to change. It's all said together. Unwillingness to change. Well, you knew how I was when you married me. Yeah, but I thought it wouldn't always be this way. Well, you know, you just knew what you were getting. Listen, I knew what you were when you were four, and I expected you to get five, six, seven, and eight. Okay, let's laugh at this later. But anyway, it's so true. Because we have to be willing to change because nothing changes without change. The focus can't always be on what your spouse, your friend needs to change. The focus has to be what you need to change because you can't change anybody else. The only person you can change is you. The only person I can change is me. I I can't change anybody else. So my focus has to be me. Genesis uh, chapter 2 verse 24. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined or cleave to his wife and they shall become one flesh. So in that we have principles of relationship that are not just for Adam and Eve, but for all of us. Now, the reason I say not just for Adam and Eve, how many of you know Adam and Eve didn't have a mother or father? They're created by God. So when you get to heaven, there's no belly buttons on those two people. So we have mothers and fathers. So when we hear this, he's not just talking about Adam and Eve. Who's he talking about? He's talking about everybody who's going to enter into a relationship. So let's take this first one. It's a principle. He says, they shall leave, right? It's the principle of priority. This relationship outside of God now is your number one priority. God has to be first. And this relationship between a man and a woman, our marriage, now has to be top priority. We leave the other, we cleave, we join together, which is the second principle. Now, the second principle is the principle of pursuing and gluing. Say that with me. Pursuing and gluing. We're going to get a little rhyme going here. How many of you pursued your mate when you were dating? I did. I took her out to eat. We went to the movies. Went to drive-ins, we went to concerts, we did a lot of things. Do you realize when we started dating, if you had 10 bucks, you could have a super, a super tremendous uh, fireworks blowing date for $10. You can't even get in the movies now for $10. You you get a, a dollar's worth of gas, couple of bucks to go to the movies, maybe $3 to go out and eat. Listen, this is heaven. Today, not so much. But we were pursuing, and you were pursuing. Don't ever stop pursuing. 
Don't ever stop dating. Don't ever stop charming. Don't, don't ever stop attracting yourselves together because it's a principle in the Word of God. Now, here's the other one. They shall become. Say that with me. They shall become. It's the principle of change and adapting. Now, notice the word becoming. They shall become. Becoming is a process. It doesn't say, and they shall arrive. They shall what? Become. Growth and change is the only guarantee that life will get better for you. Now listen to me. Growth and change is the only guarantee that life will ever get better for you. John Maxwell said this. He said, growth demands a temporary surrender of security. If you're going to grow to here, you have to leave there. Now most of you know, because this is a very agricultural area, chickens go through something we call molting. Does everybody know that? They literally lose their feathers and they grow new feathers. Not only chickens do that, many animals do that. Have you ever been out around the garage or the flower bed or the farm, the ranch, the barn, and you've seen this uh, snake skin where the snake has shedded his skin and whenever Carrie sees it, she says, you need to find the snake. Um, my mother was the same way. I remember one time, there was a, well, two times, there was a snake in our front yard and Carrie was so, uh, I guess, uh, uh, really uh, apprehensive of killing the snake. She called mother. My little mother's not even five foot tall. So she came down to be Carrie's, you know, snake killer. So mother found a hoe and, and Carrie's, I wasn't there. Carrie's telling me, he said, your mother got that hoe? She's swinging it back and forth and never to swing. She said, I'm going to kill you, you old devil. <laughs> she said, I'm going to kill you, you old devil. And then another time a snake got in our garage and I was gone for about a week out working. And, and so I told Aaron and he was small. I said, now Aaron, when I'm gone, you're the man of the house. So this snake gets in the garage. And do you remember, you used to have these, I hadn't seen one in years. We call them spread natters, where they'd rise up and they'd spread out, look like a cobra. I mean, they weren't really poisonous, but that's what we called them. And so there was one in the garage, and boy, it rose up and it spread out. And Carrie looked at Aaron and said, Aaron, Dad said you were the man of the house. <laughs> now, he wasn't very big. And he said, Mama, you the mama of the house. <laughs> So why do, why do snakes shed their skin? Uh, why do chickens lose their feathers? This happens with crustaceans. Crabs, lobsters, you know what? There's a point in their life they will literally come out of their shell and grow a new shell. Now, why do they do that? Because if they're going to get any bigger, if they're going to grow, they have to leave the old shell to grow a new shell. And between those two, it's the most vulnerable that they are. If you in your relationship, if you in your friendship, if you in your business partnership say, well, listen, we're going to grow, then sometimes you have to leave some things behind to embrace the new. And that's when you feel very vulnerable because it is that transition of growth times. The, the old wineskin can't take the wine. If you're going to have the new wine, you're going to have what? New wine skins to accommodate what? The expansion and the growth. So we become vulnerable there. Sometimes we have to step out of what we feel that's secure. But listen, don't stay in the old shell. 
begin to grow. So sometimes there is this this growth issue that we don't deal with very good at all. So growth demands that sometimes we become vulnerable and it's the only guarantee that life is going to get better for you and me if we grow and we expand. Can I hear an amen? amen? Now, let me give you three relationship boosters here. How many of you could use a boost in your relationship? Okay, here's three. Don't just talk, take action. Don't just say show. Don't promise, prove. Now, I've heard this. You've heard this. You've said this so many times, I'm not listening anymore. You've said this so many times, but you've never done anything about it. You keep promising me, but nothing ever happens. Now, don't hold up your hand. (laughs) But I'll guarantee you nearly every relationship has heard these words. Yeah, you've told me that before. Yeah, you said that to me before. Yeah, yeah, I heard what you said. Yeah, you keep promising, but nothing ever changes. So now it's all just words, and faith without works is dead, and words without action really are not words at all. It is just mindless chatter. So in our relationships, we don't just want to talk, we want to take action. We don't want to just say we want to show. We don't just want to promise, we want to prove. Now, let me give you three action steps to take here. Now, I came here with the reality that we're just going to get where the rubber meets the road here. We're going to do something we can leave and make our relationships better. How many of you know a strong church is made up of strong people in relationship? Now, here's three things I want you to say. Give, send, and serve. Ready? Here we go. Give, send, and serve. Let's do it again. Give, send, and serve. So can we do these three things? Sounds very simple. Give, send, and serve. So what does it mean to give? Give something. What can I give to Carrie? What can you give to your spouse? What can you give to your friend? What can you give to someone that you're in relationship with that's going to help the relationship? Well, here's some things you can give. You can give a gift, sure. Uh, I'm sure some of you at Valentine's Day maybe got a gift. My Valentine's Day didn't turn out quite like I wanted. Uh, I didn't get home till late, and I went to my side of the uh, of the bathroom where my sink is, and I was going to take Carrie out that night, which I did. But on my side of the vanity was this card and a heart-shaped Reese's peanut butter cup. It's getting better, isn't it? So I, I opened the card, and, and there's this wonderful Valentine's card in. So Carrie comes over to my side of, of the, the vanity, and I said, don't come over here right now. She said, why? I said, I'm about to cry. And I said, this is the best Valentine card I have ever gotten. She said, you say that every year. I said, they're getting better. And and so what can we give? We can give a gift. We can give respect. We can give honor. We can give attention. We can give affection. We can give our time. We can give a night out. How many of you know there's a lot of things you can give? So just remember these three things. What? Give, send, and Sir, okay, so, so what can I send? You can send flowers, you can send a text, you can send a note, you can send a card. Some of the most wonderful things that we do is we send text to each other with these emojis. Now, I'd never show you the emojis we send. I know you're holy, we're not always holy. So uh, 
But how many of you know when, when you're married, you, you have some latitude there. So you, you can sin all those things. You, you can sin. You, you know what that is? J just a little message thinking about you today. You're in my heart today. And as you send those things, it, it really helps. So what can you serve? What can we serve? Well, for Carrie's, uh, uh, you know, side of the deal, I can serve her coffee. She's a big coffee fan. I know how much cream to put in it. I know how to make it. I don't drink it, but I know how to make it. Uh, I take her to Starbucks. I take her to Viridian um, because that's a big deal. And not a big deal to me, but it's a big deal to her. Uh, I, I can serve in doing some housework. I can serve uh, washing the car, and, and I can serve in cleaning the car. I can serve by taking out the trash. I, I can serve by helping with the laundry, running an errand, uh, maybe with childcare, uh, with, with meal or food or anything. How many of you know we can all serve? And the best relationship is two servants. The worst relationship is two masters. Nobody's serving. And guess what? If you're going to be like Jesus, you're going to be a server. Because when Jesus served the night that Matt talked about when he gave the bread and the cup, he was not doing this for show. He did it because it was needing to be done. He said, we've all come in here. No one has offered to wash feet. And so he did it. He took the basin, the towel. He kneeled down, took their feet, washed them. They were in some way astonished by that. But how many of you know, he came to seek and to save those that are lost. And he did it by serving. And so we should be servants. And if you're saying, well, you know, I'm the man. She should serve me. No, you're the man. You should be serving also. I'll guarantee you, most men, if they don't know any other verses in the Bible, they know this one. She ought to submit to the husband. That may be the only verse they know in the entire Bible. Well, it, it's in there, and, and it is true, but how many of you know there's some other stuff that goes around that? I did this to Carrie one time. We were kind of joking, and maybe she didn't take it as a joke. I said, well, the Bible says even Sarah called Abraham Lord. I mean, you know, that's in the Bible. She looked at me and said, I'm not Sarah, you're not my Lord. All right, let's move on. But you know, you can take scriptures out of context and you can make it say anything you want to, but if you put it where it should be, then it's right, right? David Willis said this, he said, there is no challenge strong enough to destroy your marriage as long as you both are willing to stop fighting against each other and start fighting for each other. Sometimes we fight so much against each other, we're not fighting for each other. This is what I know about relationships. The happiest you will ever be in your life is when you get your relationships right. About 99% of all the happiness you will ever have in life is all around relationships. You say, why aren't you saying 100? Well, sometimes it's a bad day, the weather's not good, and you say it's not a good day. But I'll guarantee you, nearly every other time where you're either displeased or you're pleased is going to be around relationships. Could be a marriage relationship, could be a dating relationship, could be a friend relationship, could be a business relationship, could, could be any kind of relationship. But... Jesus comes along and he's asked this question. What is the greatest commandment? And he boiled it down to two things. Love God with everything you have. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
Do you realize both of those are just relational commandments? Both of them just deal with relationship. Love God with everything you have, love your neighbors yourself. If we can get our relationships right, how many of you know life goes right? So life is basically built around relationship. And the only way you're gonna get to heaven is by relationship. You're not gonna be good enough, smart enough, educated enough, rich enough. The only way you're gonna get to heaven, the only way I'm gonna get to heaven is by relationship. And that is relationship with Jesus Christ because I have to have that relationship with him. And guess what? He's already wanted a relationship with you. Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, died for you, died for me, hoping you would respond in relationship to him. Can I hear an amen? So we need to be in right relationship. Listen, we can put on all kinds of shows I've tried to be very transparent about Carrie and I's relationship. I, you know, I don't want to divulge everything, but I've tried to be transparent. We, we don't walk in here saying, you know what, we got this together. I mean, everything's perfect and hunky-dory at our house. Sometimes it's not. But this is what we know. We know what to do to make it right. We know how to live for it to be right. We know the principles that God has put into place for the thing to be right. God did not put these things in your life for them to fail. We heard a great word two weeks ago. Matt said this, sometimes we're looking for an escape. What we need is a word. Sometimes people are just looking for a way of escape. What you need is a word. Because when you escape this one, chances are you may need to escape the next one. And the next one, and I'll tell you why, because you keep showing up. Okay. You just keep showing up. There's two kinds of problems in life, circumstantial problems, character problems. Only two. Circumstantial problems, character problems. When the circumstances change, everything changes. But if it's a character problem, listen to me, if it's a character problem, it don't make any difference what the circumstances are. You can be married to this one and this one and this one. You can go to this church and that church and that church. You can work at this job and this job. At this job, you can live in this town and this town and this town. You can live in this house and this house and this house. And let me tell you why the problem never goes away. Because it's not a circumstantial problem. It is a character problem. And wherever you go, you are the carrier of the problem. You're infected. It's the coronavirus. And you're on the cruise ship forever. But the deal is, if we get it right in here, it will be right out here. But not everybody, not everybody's buying into that. Let me close with this. Look at the preacher and say, but he's saying it's going to be right here. Okay, nobody believes that, but okay, what I'm saying is going to be right. You and I are to live, we're to live in peace with all men as much as possible. As much as possible. There's going to be some people in your life, it happens to everybody, it happens to me, Carrie, and you. There's going to be some people in your life 
that no matter how much you reach out, how much you love, how much you try to befriend them, how much you try to do what's right, they're never going to respond the way you think. It doesn't mean you hate them. It doesn't mean that you banish them to purgatory. It doesn't mean you pray every night that they would go to hell. It means that you put up some safe boundaries and parameters. You go on with your life. You love them. You care about them. But it means that you have to love them from a distance, and that's okay. And you have to love them from afar off. And you go on with your life and you're happy. You have the right attitude, the right relationships. You still love. But let me tell you, you're not going to fix everybody. And you shouldn't go on a guilt trip because that's the way they are. That's the way they respond. You be happy. You have the right relationship. Realize we're better together. But how many of you know, sometimes oil and water doesn't mix. If they're the oil, you be the water. You just keep going and allow God to work on their behalf, right? Folks, listen to me. We want to have very strong relationships. A strong church in relationship is a strong church. There's a difference between a congregation and a crowd. There's a difference in salvation and a show. There's difference in the reality and sometimes the expectation that is not reality. So we need to live in a way that we're living this out, fleshing this out, loving this out every day in the right way. And sometimes we are not getting the response that we want from the other person. But you be you, you do what you should do, and let God work on the other side of the spectrum. Somebody say amen. Amen. Would you bow your head with me right now? We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you were encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.